This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future. Suffer from executive dysfunction. You've got flaccid plans and floppy attention. <laughs> Limp noggin. Limp noggin. Limp noggin. Oh, that's one of my favourite ones for a while. That was good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16. Uh, 16 of F Them Fish ADHD for Grown Ups. My name is Callie, and I am here with this guy. This guy. Lucky Barrett. This guy. And uh, we are here, as always, talking about our experience with my late ADHD diagnosis. This is absolutely not a professional podcast, you can probably tell. And uh, we hope that you get something from it. I will say today's episode is uh, something for everyone, but you absolutely do not need to have ADHD to get something out of today's episode. We are today talking about... Motivation. Motivation. Moto. Moto. It's not motivation. That's not the word. It's motivation. Exactly. I know what it is. Motivate good times. Come on. We're gonna get some motivation. I can't think of any other songs. No. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> I know my brain is telling me to think of something. Yeah. Something with like an aerobics. Back. Let's get motivated. No, that doesn't work, does it? Unless you just went, motivate, motivate. I want to get motivated. want to get motivation. Let's get motivation. Motivate good times. Come on. No, that, I just already did that one. Did you? Yeah. Stop that stealing it. That was the first it. one I did. Anywho, so we are going to talk about uh, motivation today. And honestly, I think some of the motivation things we're going to look at will be helpful for people, not just those of you who, like myself, are neuromagical um, or neurodivergent. I've decided I'm going to embrace the magic bit of it. As always, we say this podcast is for people with ADHD, people who know somebody with ADHD. You maybe work with someone, live with someone, love someone with ADHD, um, or anybody who may be thinking about going through the ADHD diagnosis journey themselves and of course everybody else welcome we love every single bloody one of you that tunes in especially those who do so regularly thank you so much honestly i i saw a post this week from another podcast that i listened to uh it's a mental health podcast called high tide low tide and uh based in the the podcast based in adelaide but in fact they're the ones who talked about us before on their podcast but um and they were saying that they'd hit 500 downloads for the first episode and in this world of social media i don't think people get just how low numbers are for podcast listeners we're a long form people have an attention span of a gnat nowadays to get somebody to listen to like an hour long bit of content you create honestly it's special it is indeed but i kind of go it only takes one listener in another country but uh it still means you claim that statistic in that country so right now we have like what 43 countries 45 45 yeah i think only we got takes one um, we got a big crowd in south africa if there's only one in that country then you're my favorite yeah we absolutely really do appreciate it we we don't say it just to blow smoke up your skirt we actually do really appreciate that you come here and you find us 
remotely interesting and a little bit um a little bit okay to listen to i will say by a long margin everybody smoke up the trousers yeah i mean bow smoke up whatever item item of clothing they want to be wearing i guess smoke yes i'm in struggle town today it is quite late on sunday evening doing a smoke and we're later than normal we'll smoke signal up your clothing line yes exactly that one I will say, uh, what I was going to say is our most popular episode by a long way is our music episode. And and on social media, it is by far, I mean, we're up to five million, I think, on the one of the one of the posts that we put up around uh, mashup music and how ADHD brains interact with mashup music. I will do another we will do another music episode because honestly, it is one of my favourite things. So we will definitely do another one. Oh, call out. If anybody wants to come and do a music episode with us, please feel free. Just come and talk about things about music that you find fascinating as a neurodivergent person or as a musician. Unless you enjoy my music because clearly I'm a star of the ukulele. I mean, Super, sure. super awesome three-chord ukulele song that changes every week. Yes, so um, obviously music is big in this house, but yeah, yes. So if anybody does want to come join us for that, please uh, give us a shout, fthemfish at gmail.com. I have um, to remember for a second. What unless the you're a ukulele, the ukuleles aren't big. Don't roll your eyes and stick your tongue out and be like, Ugh. It was very boring why that you, you say, were still going on about say, the ukulele. Why do you say dumb shit? I was thinking the other day I heard you talking to someone about the podcast you were listening to. The husband and wife one. Oh, Shag Married Annoyed. That do the doobity ba ba ba. Babbity 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 ba. Yeah, those ones. And that's Shag Married Annoyed with Chris Ramsey and Rosie Ramsey. And you were talking that he had um, had a bit of a dilemma where he went to a, a public bathroom and didn't know whether or not to address that the guy next to him was weeing and it was splashing back on him. <laughs> Yeah, that one was funny. So I've got a similar story, but I've also got a urinal dilemma for you. Oh, go on then. What do you do? Like this is this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was midwee, full stream, mm-hmm. but there's like must be a little timer or a setting on the urinal. And is it, it urinal or urinal? Uh-huh. I always thought it was urinal. Anyway, sorry, not important. Go. It's, I mean, it shouldn't be a U because it's only a one-person activity, an ironal. Okay, keep it's not, going. It's not a weird you were mid-flow. So I was, I, was, I was midstream. I don't know whether it's because they have a timer on them or whatnot, but it started flushing while I was still winging. Oh, I always wondered how that worked. Yep. Yeah, normally it's when you're almost done or you start walking away. It just goes bang and it just, it's like just motion has a flush. Sensor. Yeah. Mm. So Makes I was sense. midstream and it started flushing and I can't stop because I'm mid-flow <laughs> and it was throwing my wee back at me. <laughs> So I was having to jump back and dodge and try and get, like I can't move like I'm still weeing, and it was throwing it back at me, oh, no. and I wasn't real sure what to do about it. But it's a true story. I don't, I don't think there's much you can do about but it. But it's a true story. So so how was it throwing it back at you? It's like was it because the water comes whooshing down? It's like is it so on? It's, a, it's is in, it flat? It's or in is the, it? no the weird bucket ones that are on the wall. Right. And so, oh, so it wasn't a trough. It was like no, a, like yeah. a, okay. And so the water just spun so quick that it just, it literally threw my wee back at me. <laughs> and anything else that was in there. Well, there's nothing else. No, no one takes a 
poop in the... No, I know. But, you know, like all the, you just think about all the different bacteria and stuff that would be lying around. But talking about Blah. troughs, here's a dilemma for you. Go on. Have you ever been into a, ma- a male bathroom? Um, yes, a lot, actually. Because, and, in fact, I nearly... A when lot. I went, Yeah. When, um, oh, come on, anybody who is over the age of 25 at least will know this. And, in fact, just I'm assuming out, it still happens. The lineup. So I went out last night, which I was going to talk about, but Sometimes I went out like last going night for dinner. and... The lineup for the women's toilets, right? Because you always have the, the. It's always possible for like seventeen men at a time to go to the toilet or whatever because of urinals and things. Whereas two fucking cubicles in a women's toilet in a nightclub or well, not really a nightclub, but you know what I mean, like a bar. But there's like two or three cubicles in the ladies, and there were hundreds of women there. So you go there and you're literally lining up for half an hour to go to the toilet. So you bet your fucking dollar, the bottom dollar that I go to, I've been in men's toilets, didn't go last night. I legitimately did think about it, but I'm definitely too old to pull that one off now. I don't think I can do it anymore. Couldn't you just pyramid wee? No, the the pyramid way is not a thing. Don't get me wrong. I have on multiple occasions been in a cubicle with multiple people, like of my friends, like again, when we were younger, but I wouldn't do it now. So no double deckers? No. If you sat back to front you so are you're facing no, each other? No, stop it. I'm just trying to figure it no, out. No, you're being disgusting. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Because no, pyramid ways are disgusting. <laughs> Nobody does them except for you. I bet you someone somewhere has tried a pyramid way. No. Or done like a... I don't know, like a sit on each other's lap and face each other and just no, aim down the middle. No, that's disgusting. How do you aim down the middle with a vagina? I don't know. Aren't you guys really good at that stuff? Aiming? Yeah, but if you if you're sitting on if I mean, majo- can, majority of men have got something that does the aiming for exactly. them and they still miss. But that can just hang down, right? And they what still are we miss. even talking about? So anyway, this goes on to my dilemma. <laughs> We're having this conversation. This goes on to my dilemma, right? Oh god. So in in a in a in a male bathroom, mm. there are some which will have a trough. Yep. Now some of these troughs have a grate on the bottom. Yep. Do you stand on the grate? As in on the floor, not on the bottom of the trough. It's like built up. And so like you got you got the trough and then there's a grate on top of the floor. It's like, like a little step. Like a little step, yeah. So would you stand on the trough? Or stand on the grate, sorry, and wee into the, the, the trough? Or would you stand on the usually tiled floor, and the grate's kind of like a safety measure. I think you'd stand on the floor, wouldn't you? I mean, is that a question? It's a legitimate thing. How is it? It is. Well, as in like some people stand on the step and it'll some break, people... It'll break the internet because people legitimately don't know whether you stand on the floor or you stand on the grate. <laughs> All right, well, let's put it out to the listeners. Let us know. DM us on any of our socials, fmfish underscore ADHD for grown-ups on well, Instagram, Facebook or TikTok. Again, don't bother coming to Twitter because I don't look at it. Um, or uh, fthemfish at gmail.com for email. Where do you stand? Because if you stand on the grate, you're closer to the trough wall and therefore you're just... Less likely to splash on your shoes. Splashing back on your feet anyway because it just, you know, if you're, if you're pissing at a wall, it just comes back Yeah, but again. it sounds like you're answering your own question. Like when you've just said that question, it sounds to me perfectly obvious that you do not stand on that little grating ledgy thing. I'll tell you what, I guarantee you some people would say they would. I, I don't know that and I if, would. And if you do, you're Is still... Is you right you're or still, am I right? If you're standing on the grate, you're still getting someone else's piss on your shoes. Well... I mean, I mean, men's toilets are disgusting anyway. But yeah, okay, over to the listeners. You guys let us know. We will come back with the results next week.
let's talk about last week's episode. So um, we had a my mate Shana. I suppose she's your mate as well. You, she's allowed to be your mate too, but she's mostly my mate, Shana. She did say she laughs at me more, so technically, um, no, she did not. Technically, she said she's she gave more you sympathy mate. laughs. No, it's anywho, not that. we've had a lot of feedback about Shana's episode. Yes, we have. We have had literally most of them are just pretty much this. Is oh my god, she, I love Shana. Real? No, nobody has asked if Shana was real. Um, but no, we have had a few when we get to our questions from the listeners section later on. Um, a lot of them started with, oh, my God, I just listened to you and Shana. How fucking funny are you two? Is Which I thought was funny, actually. Hobbit? And she did actually say us two, not the three. So, I mean, no, I'm, when I'm they just said saying. two, it was me and Shana. Mm, no. Um, but had another one that said, I love how down to earth Shana was and the vibe between you two was fun. Do you know why she's down to earth? Because she's really close to the ground. Because <laughs> she's so short. <laughs> you should stop. You should stop being mean about shortest. You're like being shortest, Shortism. basically. Yep. No, it's, it's just Shana. No. Shanaist. So it's a thing that we have. Before we go into motivation, okay. yep. I got one more thing. Oh, yeah. No, I've got a few as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, Neighbour stopped me in the driveway the other day. He was like waving me down. He was like, stop, 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 stop. And so I waited for him to like park his car awkwardly in the drive and he ran down and he goes, so it's not actually a thing that I really want to talk to you about, but I just wanted to mention I heard your wife yelling at the dog the other day <laughs> in the front yard. <laughs> I don't do that. And she was like really telling him off about knocking her sole single blueberry off the bush. <laughs> And so he's a bit of a gardener and so he went into just explaining how blueberries won't work in Canberra and it's not worth trying oh, to grow them. And really? I said, well, we had two blueberries last year. No, we had one last year. We got one this year. Yeah. And I said, we pop, I think it's in the same place. We pop it away in the old... Um, Greenhouse Greenhousey thingy. thingy over winter so it doesn't get all frosty. And we had loads of flowers this year and then I, and then I took, the, took it out of the greenhouse too soon and all the flowers died off. Um, and so he did recommend a... Another berry, but it was like a jubica berry or a juju. Juniper? Juju. No, it wasn't juniper, but so I've forgotten what it is. And he said it was like a mix between like a raspberry and a blackberry, I think. Mm. Um, and he said if she's going to be growing berries, he recommends that one. Oh, okay. But the key thing I took about that was that the neighbour heard you yelling at the dog. <laughs> Actually, don't think I, I think I was yelling at the kid. Being really, the pr- really protective of the blueberry. Oh, no, I know what it was. I was yelling at one of the birds. I was yelling at like one of the magpies. So we've obviously got the family of magpies. And the little baby magpie was like getting right in on the blueberry bush. Well, he pecked the zucchini yesterday. Little bastard. Not as bad as the bloody snails. Anyway, Seriously. That was, that was it. That was my comment. Thank you. Neighbour heard you yelling. That's funny. And he's not next door. He's like a couple doors up. It was probably walking past. Whatever. Shut up. Those of you who follow along at home, you'll know that I started getting back to the gym. I've always done lots of exercise. I'd started to go back to the gym to see if getting back into moving and physical exercise would help with ADHD symptoms. And so I did week one. The update was I did four days of the seven and it was feeling good. I was bloody knackered, but it was feeling good. Week two, I was sick. So didn't actually get to the gym at all. Did manage a couple of walks, but um, for the first few days, I wasn't sure if I had, if I was germy and contagious. So I didn't go to the gym at all. So starting again next week, 
will be week three, but technically week two. So I'll give you a better update once I've actually been back at the gym. I enjoy that the uh, small child has turned the treadmill into uh, <laughs> a playground. We should take a photo of that. This playground has like dolls and stuff stacked yeah. up on it and part of it's a bridge. Not that I never use the treadmill or anything, but so we have a treadmill in our lounge room. I think I've mentioned it before. Um, but, yeah, she... Um, it's a new place to perch and play with her dolls. She literally and, sits on um, <laughs> Her toys and stuff. She's got like a pony unicorn thing with a fairy carriage, like a princess carriage. And apparently it goes up there. Yeah, that's quite funny. So, yeah. Um, related, that circadian reset thing that I'd done, that I was like, I think this is kind of dumb. Um, for those of you who haven't heard this one before, the Huberman Lab uh, talked about it before. And, and again, we'll, we'll share it on the socials. Um, I, Dr. Dye sent me a, a an Instagram post where they were talking about you can improve your sleep by getting... Um, sunlight first thing in the morning, first hour of the morning in the two to three days, two to three days, two to three days prior will give you a better night's sleep. Seems to be working. So I've been doing it again the last couple of while I've been sick, I haven't been doing it so well. However, I've been doing it. It seems to be working. I was like, wow, God, I'm getting so tired at night suddenly. And then I'm like, <laughs> that could be because I'm resetting my circadian rhythm. So anyway, um, I'll keep going with that and let you know how it goes. Circadian just sounds like something from Star Trek. It does, doesn't it? It's fun. We've gone and visited the circadians. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I got? I got some of those um, ear thingos. So I got Karma Flares. People might have heard of the loop earplug things, which is supposed to help with sensory noise overload. I got Karma Flares because Rachel, our OT friend, um, friend of the pod. Hashtag two Listeners babies. will know her. Um, well, she said they were better than the loop ones in her opinion. So, um, I got them, but I got the minis. I think I got the wrong size cause they fell out of my ear. Well, one of them felt, keeps falling out of my ear. So I'm going to get the next size up. So that's still a TBD. Sucks TBU and having big ears. I don't have tiny ears, which is why I got the mini ones. Um, oh my God. So like I said, I went out, out last night. Did you shuffle? Oh my, we danced so much. Um, I was definitely it was definitely a bit awkward. So I went out with two of my two of my friends, um, neither of whom listened to this podcast, but I still like them. That's fine. Yeah, we went out and we had dinner and then went dancing and it was amazing. I am going to say I'm proper disappointed that you're not as husky now than as compared to what you were this morning. This morning when I yeah proper husky. Well, I was I was out till like one one o'clock in the morning. No, maybe one thirty by the time I got home. I was like. Like, this is, this is interesting. I did enjoy that I was up watching football and I got told off for being up watching football. No, I was like, why did you stay up? And you said, well, how else were you going to get in? Because uh, you didn't take keys with you and you were no, like, just I leave the you, door unlocked. Which, at which point you should have said, actually, I'm not comfortable with doing that. Do Can you, you make sure you world, take your keys, please? Do you know the world we live in, Tipsy? Do you know that you could have said, Can you just take your keys, please? Are you a fully grown adult? No, if you had a problem with it, I was fine with it. If you, you could got a have, problem, I was, I'll solve it. I was I fine with it. You had football. a problem, you should have said something about it. That's a you thing, that's not a me thing. And let you in at like quarter to two. Wasn't quarter to two. You don't even know. It was one thirty at the latest. And I didn't even have a hangover today. Not even slightly. Nor is husky. And boom. Yeah, I'm allowed to have a sleepy a sleepy voice when I wake up. And, that's um, fine. It helps when you got the sleep in. Yeah, I did. Although, kid came and woke me up first thing this morning at like 6.30. Yeah, 6 she did say that and I was wondering what time um, she decided to wake up and be like, 
I'm watching TV because mum said, and I was like, yeah, well, then legit. Mummy's hung. Yeah, well, then legit, the bloody dog um, woke me up and it felt like it was five minutes after the kid had gone. And I was like, yes, of course you can watch TV. Didn't really care. I just wanted to, get, to, to just go away. Um, but yeah, and then I could just hear the dog and I thought he was whining to get let out. Eventually I was like, oh my God, shut up. And I got up and I realised it was because you guys had gone off to swimming. So he had come back upstairs yeah. and was whining at my door. Mm. Um, but I thought it was still 6.30-ish. What so, a little jerk bag. Little asshole. Yeah. So um, I went out, out. We did get a comment about being old at one point from some tossy little pimply small child kind of person. Um, he was like, oh my God, you look so young to the three of us. And I was just like, oh, my God, you look like you're really used to being told you're a disappointment. <laughs> Poor little fella. I didn't say it. Out loud. He would have He would have deserved Inside it. voice. Oh, my God, you look so boring. Oh, please, you know, let me be bothered by the things you're saying. <laughs> but um, I didn't. I was very well, I was very well behaved. I didn't say a word. Um, however, it did make me think it is just karma because I was that little asshole at one point. Like when I was like 21 or whatever going, oh my God, mutton, as in mutton dressed as lamb. Um, uh, anybody who looked like they were over 30. So this is probably karma. All right, can we do the motivation thing now or have you got anything else you want to talk about? Faith, good times, come on. See, now, that, that was my song. I did it better. Nope. So... Motivation. I'm going to read a question that we had from one of our incredible listeners. Um, she messaged us on Instagram. Um, she actually messaged. It was it was back in November. <laughs> We'd had a few messages back in November, end of November. And then on the 9th of January, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't actually respond to this final message. Oops. Sorry, everybody. Um, that happens sometimes. Bless her. She was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I just realized I didn't respond to your message. Happy to answer any questions. She was like, no issues at all. My three day delay isn't great either. Laughing face. And I was like, thank you. This is how you know you were an ND ally or, you know, other ND person. Three days, three months. Three months, yeah. But yeah, I guess I was so curious about how, especially with neurodivergent stuff, you actually muster up the motivation beyond thinking about doing things in your head for stuff like uni, applying for jobs, etc. I thought it'd be a good topic for us to talk about. Motivation. Because, yeah, well, just motivation. Broad, just broad topic motivation because I think that could be like a many topic motivation. Yeah, but there's – I think there's there's a much broader thing, but I also think there are some very specific things around task initiation. And I think there's two different things there. And I think it would be good for us to touch on both of them because there's motivation as in – as you say, the broader motivation, how do you muster up the will to put the effort in that's needed to do those big things like applying for a job or like with uni work, doing an essay, etc. And then there is, how do I get the motivation to do those daily things that just have to be done? Like laundry or cleaning or, you know, how do I get motivated for both? So I th- so our, our listener has, um, and as you know, we don't mention names, um, but our listener has specifically said things like um, uni, applying for jobs, etc. So I think we should look at those bigger pieces. What are your thoughts? Fun little fact here is ADHD is not fake. ADHD is not a matter of willpower. It is a problem with the dynamics of the chemistry of the brain. We've delved into that with... Uh, 
Arnie Dr. Die. So what's about that you're reading, sorry? My phone. It's the Attitude. Oh, it's from Attitude. Yeah, something Attitude by made. Attitude. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we know about that. We know from Dr. Die episodes how the functions of the brain and the chemicals have to interact to actually engage certain um, processes of the cerebellum. So I think... I think you're trying to say, look, you can't see, but Lockie's currently grinning at me going, did I say the words right? Did I say the words that mean the things oh, actually, in the right way? Well, it's funny because I tried to put, I was going to put cerebellum into um, the song, but then I just thought limp noggin probably limp sounded noggin funny. Limp noggin was quite funny. Yeah. It's not just an intangible thing. There are tangible things that can be measured inside the brain. So ta- tangible processes or um, like, for example, the size of different parts of the brain are different in people with ADHD. So it's not just that it's behavioural. There is actual biological and structural things that sit behind ADHD. Uh, This is something that I actually do a fair bit about um, around things like executive function and stuff on my TikTok. But there's definitely, I think like a lot of people with ADHD in a late diagnosis. And so when I'm saying late, I mean late, late. So I'm talking about those of us who are from those entirely missed generations of diagnoses so anybody over 30 really geriatric diagnosis yeah (laughs) geriatric a lot of us have have developed quite advanced strategies quite embedded strategies for doing these things because it never even occurred to us that we might have any form of neurodevelopmental um you know i hate the word disorder but difference i think some of those things can actually really help and i'm i guess one of the things I, i think is really useful moving forward is how do we take those things some of us were forced to learn and turn them into a really positive strategic set of tools that other people can then choose to learn you know and one of the things I talk a lot about is post-its there's this whole massive thing about ADHDers and getting journals and things like that but problem is we put so much effort into the to-do list so much effort into the journal that our brain goes cool well I've done that now then so I don't need to do that task because I've already done it on paper so it's done and I think that's a real issue which is why I love post-its and you just write do a thing on a post-it brief short it's a memory jogger it's not supposed to be a project plan it's just supposed to jog your memory that you've got to do it and so you know that's why I'm a big fan of those I think the thing is too is to not get too hard on yourself when there's something that you don't manage to accomplish quickly or you're you're struggling to get started because your brain when it comes to thinking about the way that you work and other people that I know, oh, talking about other people that I know, um, my little mate, let's call him Schmitchy, my mate Schmitchy just messaged me the other day going, oh, seven episodes into this podcast and I only just realised it was you. (laughs) Thanks, Schmitchy. Thanks, Schmitchy. When there's, you're doing things that excite you, then, of course, that dopamine's kicking off and you're going to get things done. So when you get the old brain hard on, you're going to get the job done. But when you're going to have the dysfunction, you're going to struggle a little bit to get things going. Mm, but I think, oops, I think that's a bit of a neurotypical approach in a way because I think, I think you're kind of hitting around the edges of it a little bit. But... With ADHD, often we actually do need to try and get them done quickly. We actually do need the pressure of having a time frame. We do need to know there's a deadline. We do need to ride the wave while that dopamine is still working. So I think we actually shouldn't ease off the pressure in some ways. 
there are ways that we need to make, we need to ease off some of the unrealistic and toxic pressure. But personally, I found that by trying to ease off the pressure, I actually create much more stress for myself because I actually then don't get stuff done. And so I ease off the pressure because um, of that adrenaline that that sits with, you know, constantly keeping things, the accelerator on. But the minute I ease off the accelerator, I, I then get, it's actually a much more dysfunctional type of stress and a much more toxic feeling type of stress because then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm getting nothing done. But I think the thing that will sit with a lot of people is that they get the tasks that they're really interested in are the ones they get done really easily. And the reason they get them done easily is because they're the things that spark that interest within their brain because they're interested in doing them those things. Yeah. And it could be even some of those menial tasks that people don't really like and they don't like, but it's the best of the bad bunch kind of thing. Yeah, but again, though, they need to do them while they're thinking of it. So I did a post recently about unlearning the pause and about how as and this again this is much more to that task initiation thing as opposed to the broader um, bigger motivation picture but when when you have when you grow up and you don't know you have ADHD or maybe it might even occur when you do know you have it but when you grow up and you're constantly um, told that the way you think the way your brain works you know and it may not be explicitly told but it's those constant subliminal messages around you that there's something about it that's not right and the things that you know you find really interesting or the things that make you really happy other people think you're weird for and so you learn that your brain's not quite right and you don't even necessarily understand this until years later when you look back and go, yeah, that's why I was always so reticent about things, um, you know. And so you learn, like, you have these these things and, and you learn very, very quickly that when you act on what your brain wants you to do, so, you know, something comes up and, oh, my God, that's amazing, and you want to start going into it, you learn very, very quickly that other people do not respond well to that. And so you start to insert this kind of pause, as I've been calling it. You, you start, you stop trusting that your brain is your best mate and you stop trusting that it's giving you good ideas or that it's giving you good direction. And so you insert this pause and it's very, very easy for that pause to become paralysis. And so you're pausing and you're going, oh, I want to do it. No, okay, no, stop. Hang on a second. Stop. Do you know what? If I do that, then people are probably going to judge me. They're going to think she's really weird. I'm not going to probably get really good outcomes. You know, what I should do is I probably just shouldn't. And so you end up with this pause and you end up not trusting yourself. And this pause really quickly turns into paralysis. And so from a task initiation perspective, I think it's really important that we unlearn that pause. And that's really, really tricky because it's really embedded. That's that memory aspect, isn't it? So as soon as you have a memory of something or not completing something or it being too hard, or the, then your memory function of your brain reminds you of that. And so that actually creates a bit of a pause for you as well because you're like, I didn't well, do that well. And it, it feeds it. And I mm. think when you're saying to reset that pause, um, it's finding, I guess it's finding the positive aspect. And was it Edison? What did Edison say? I didn't fail at making a light I didn't fail at making a light bulb 1000 times I found a thousand times like a thousand times I didn't succeed once I failed a thousand times or something like that is it no it, it was reversing the negative okay. so it's saying I didn't fail 1000 times at making a light bulb I found a thousand ways that a light bulb didn't work or something it's it's reversing the negative because like you didn't fail at all these tasks that you set out to do mm. 
you just found out ways not to do them and you've had to reset the way that it is. And so leaving that posted note is a way of resetting that, that, that frame of mind. And so by setting that posted note, you're not relying on going, oh, I need to remember to do that. No, I think that's, I think it's a little bit different to that. I think, um, it's much more about trust. It's much more, it's a much more emotional thing than that. And yes, you're right with the negative reinforcement. Like every time something happens, it negatively reinforces, um, that you shouldn't do it and that you should pause and you, you know, all those types of things. And so what I've been, what I've, it's kind of taken me years to realize again that I was doing it and now I'm aware of it. I still have to do it. Like we had one, um, had one this week when you asked me to do the swimming bag after you'd gone, I was literally in the middle of brushing my teeth and I get your text message saying, is swimming back on? And I'm like, yep. And you're like, right, because you'd left for work. It was early yep, in the morning. Taking the kid already. Kid had already got you taken her to school. And so you were like, and because I was going to be working at home because of being poorly, not being poorly, but being worried that I was a bit germy and I was a little bit sick. So I, I worked from home. And you were saying, you, you'd say, can you get the bag ready? Because I'm going to need to run in, grab the bag and uh, then run on my way back from work through to get the kid. And I was like, no worries. And I'm brushing my teeth and I'm just like, you know what, I'll just do that in a minute. And then I realized that I would never do that in a minute. And I needed to do it right now. Otherwise, I'd move on to straightening my hair and then doing my makeup. And then I'd be in a rush because I'm always late in the mornings. And so I'd be in a rush trying to get out of the house and the bag wouldn't get done. Turns out I couldn't find the bag anyway. Moving ahead of the story. Um, and so <laughs> I literally, while brushing my teeth, I'm foaming at the mouth, um, ran and grabbed the bag, threw the swimming costume in, threw the spare clothes in and the towel and stuff. And then... I plonked it firstly at the top of the stairs so I would literally have to trip over it to go down the stairs if I didn't take it with me. And then I went and finished getting ready for work. But the point of it is that to unlearn that pause, it means that no matter what we're doing, when we have the thought of a thing that needs to be done, we need to do it. And if we can't do it, that's where the post-its really come in handy. You write it on a post-it and it is that very quick three words or four words or whatever. And so you are taking an immediate action, which then gets your brain back into being used to being able to do stuff straight away. It kind of unlearns some of that pause. So you're not going, hang on, hang on. My, I'm just going to need to wait with this. I need to sit with it for a second just to see if this actually is a thing and if I should do it. I need to assess everything. Am I going to get judged for this? Is this going to become a negative experience for me if I actually do act on it? still waiting do I I don't know oh hang on a second there's a thing over here I need to go and do now and so now I've completely forgotten about that I think that is a big part of why um a lot of times not all the time again nothing on these are ever 100% these are always parts of a bigger picture um but I think it's a real thing in there about why people with ADHD often find themselves unable to get out of the pause and they go into, into you know, ADHD paralysis and not actually doing any tasks. And I think it starts with that whole subliminal. I think I, I encourage people who are, who are listening, if you have ADHD, test yourself. Really try and have a look at your brain when you, when, I know it sounds silly, but you have ADHD, you know what I mean. Um, but when you, you know, try and try and get that that separation from the thought process that you're doing. And I know a lot of ADHD people can do this. We can separate ourselves from our thoughts and go, OK, why am I doing this and what's happening there? Do that around when you're thinking about tasks or next time something pops into your head. I want you to hear my voice. It's annoying. Go for it. I want you to hear my voice going, OK, cool. Am I pausing here? 
Am I doing a pause? Is there a reason? You know, like just have a little look and it could be a micro pause, which then leads to a bigger pause, which then can lead into task paralysis or, you know, not actually doing it at all. And then you forget about it. You get distracted with something else or you move on to the next thing. So I want you to do that. Let me know how you go. Send us send us some um, send us some feedback on it because people won't. There'll be lots of people who don't agree, who it doesn't work that way. That's cool. That's totally fine. But I really if want, it doesn't want work to hear. for you, what does? So if people yeah. do, do have a strategy, like this is the point. This is where you share. This is where mm. people get these other ideas. Share them. If you have a thing 100%. that works for you, share them. Maybe it's writing it on, like writing something on your hand, or yep. you know, putting it in your phone. Reminder, yeah, one whatever. of the uh, one, a nurse Just, that I've been speaking with, speaking with, messaging with, like on, uh, like with comments and and in DMs and stuff. She said with her, she has to use an app. She can't carry post its around with her, but she can have a mobile phone. And so she has an app and she can do it either as voice memos or, and I can't remember the name of the app, I'm sorry, because personally I need to do it physically, so I like to write it down. It's the act of writing helps me to to remember. Um, but, yeah, so she, um, you know, she puts it into an app and that then becomes like her to-do list and she might work nights and then the next day she then has this to-do list of things. So there's a theory around reward systems. Mm-hmm. So if you manage to get one of those menial tasks or those things done or if you manage to um, get something done off the top of your head like stopping and just mm-hmm. changing and doing that, that you give yourself a reward. Yeah. Positive reinforcement. You You know, this happened, good, go and do it. It's like Pavlov's dog. Whatever that Mm. um, reward's going to be, like, you know, you choose, but it's remembering to, you know, congratulate yourself that you've done a thing. 100%. So you just have to remember that if you do make that moment or that post-it note or that note and you get it done and you tick it off the list and take – at the take a moment to celebrate the fact that you've crossed it off your list like reward yourself congratulate yourself remember that you have got that thing done and you've got that task sorted one of the things that and again i know some of this stuff is really painful for people like it like task initiation or motivation can be real painful things for people so i'm i'm not suggesting that the same thing would work for everybody. This is just our experience or certainly my experience with this. And this is not just an ADHD thing. It's around motivation in general. And it's around um, like I and I like really strengths based approaches to things where you wouldn't say, OK, well, this person can't do such and such. So therefore they 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 do something else instead. Instead of strengths based approach, you'd be like, OK, well, this person's really good at xyz that will really help them with doing this thing that they need to do it's really important from a strengths-based perspective that we have to understand we need to choose how big or how small we want our lives to be and i think there's a real tendency to consider ourselves sometimes passive observers in our lives and forget the fact that we are we're the people riding the story we're the people driving the car There are things, yes, that are outside of our control or our influence. And, you know, I've mentioned it before, my favorite behavioral uh, kind of tool is the circles of influence and control. Really, really, really simple. But basically the things you can control are what you say and what you do. You know, like that's kind of it. Other things you can influence. I think you have to make the decision. And this is this is almost 17 steps before point zero, 17 steps before the first step. Somewhere you have to choose 
on on what you want to do, how you want to be, how you want to show up in the world. And you need to kind of keep coming back to that. It's not linear. You kind of have to say, right, well, I don't want to be somebody who can never get shit done. I don't want to be somebody who everyone goes, oh, there's Callie. She's got ADHD. She's always bloody late. And you have to make the choice on the things you do want to do and the things you don't want to do. And that's your first step. And you know what? Write those things down if that's what you want to do. Plan it out. That's where you can have your journal and plan out everything. Who do you want to be? When you think about things like The Secret and the Law of Attraction, which, by the way, amazing podcast episode on If Books Could Kill, which is Michael Hobbs, one of his new podcast. Yes, I'm on a side quest. Don't even care. Um, and he did one on The Secret and it was very good. But um, whatever your thoughts are about things like that, you know, and they have vision boards on something like that. Vision boards are a really effective way of setting your goals. Because they're visual. Yeah, they're visual, but also it's the sheer act, like just by, if you have never, ever written down a goal of, and I'm not on about, I want to go on holiday in, in, in a year to Greece. I'm not on about that sort of goal. I'm on about, I want to be, this is the thing. Here's, here's the type of human I want to be. If you've never done that, do it because that then becomes a little bit of a blueprint you can keep going back to. And just the mere act of setting it as an intention, I'm not on about you'll attract it in with the universe. None of that shit. I'm on about the fact that once you know yourself, what you want to be and how you want to be and who you want to be, then you can actually start working towards that. But if you don't know that, it's not even about having a dream. But if you want to say, I don't want to be late. If you, if you say to yourself, I know I have severe time blindness, that's me. And I don't want to be late. I don't want to be a person who is late. That's a choice you can make. Yes, it might be hard, but that might be like the price you're, you're quite happy to pay or you're willing to pay because you don't want to be a person who's late. Now, you probably won't be able to do that with everything, but you can choose for yourself, you know, so you can, so when, with regards to motivation, the very first thing you need to do is say, okay, like the, the referring it back to our listeners um, question about uni or about applying for work, applying for jobs and things, you have to say, well, well, what do I want to do? Not I want to do my uni degree or I want to do my, um, excuse me, this essay. What's the uni degree for? What, it, what, what are you trying to be? Do you want to be somebody who has a degree? That's quite valid if that is what you want to be. That's your motivation. If you want to be somebody who has a degree, then you need to do the things that make that happen. If the degree is, a, some, is, is something to get you a particular job or it's something that you're just really interested in, like I went to uni when I was 30 and I did English, Spanish and environmental management because they were the things I loved. I love English. I love like books and reading and learning about human behavior through uh, literature. I love Spanish. I love languages, you know, and then I'm, I'm very interested in environmental um, things and I wanted to learn more about what they all really were so whatever reason like with uni if you want to get the essays done you need to have you need to understand for yourself the reason why you're at uni because if that reason you're at uni is just because your parents think you need to then that's probably not gonna it's gonna it, demotivate you more yeah than, you're not yeah. gonna get there right like if it's like oh I'm at uni because apparently I should because that's what we do you know, because I am a middle class um, person from a family where everybody's always gone to uni. And so that's what I have to do. Or um, I'm the first person in my family ever to have got to uni. And so I have to keep doing this because um, it's expected of me. They're not enough. 
if you're at uni because you're the first person in your family who's gone to uni and you really, really passionately want to um, complete it to help break that cycle or, you know, because it's something that for you, it means something to who your identity as a person that's great. That's much more of a motivation. And own your motivators because they're okay as well. Even if they might not be things you want to tell other people about, we're always really ashamed to say, oh, I want to get a job because I want to be the boss or I want to have lots of money. It's always like we're always ashamed to say things like that, but they're perfectly good motivators as well. So yeah, understand your why. You really need to understand your why and you need to be honest with yourself about your why. And you need to examine that why and you need to identify any flaws or any holes in it. And then you need to say, is it actually real? Is this enough to keep me going? And if it is cemented in, then you can start looking at the things that need to sit underneath it. In terms of the tasky tasks though, mm. um, someone told me once, which is I've tried to maintain this throughout my career and the way that I uh, think about my day is that you set your, your list of things you need to get done. Mm-hmm. Don't just cherry pick the good ones or the easy ones. Because what you end up with is a remaining list of just blah that you don't want to do. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes your day drag. So either pick a good one to start with or alternatively pick one of those blah ones Mm -hmm. and either go one for one. So you might do a real shitty task and then you can reward yourself with one of the fun ones. Because there's always tasks we prefer to do more than others. Like, you know, you might have to, you know send an email or do a thing but then your next thing can be you have to call someone and if you're the sort of person like me that likes talking to people I would much rather talk to someone than write an email like yeah. I, I'll avoid that by by all account just mm-hmm. so that I can have an interaction and so it's that reward system that may work there is that if you pick a bad task then do a good one and that way you're constantly motivating your brain because you know that it's coming up, I'm going to get to do this fun one next or I'm going to get to do this next or, you know, even if your idea of fun is to edit a document or something like that because you like reading through and and marking something up. So that might be the thing that you do is you you earmark that one to do as the the reward system. Yeah. Find a way in which that you can keep that personal motivation going and you're not just left with these tasks that no one wants to do. And that's really interesting. And there's other there's other things as well where they say about tasks, like with your to-do list, is that you do the um the what is it? You do the longer ones or the harder ones first or something like that. So when the in the morning when you've got the most resilience and you've got your most energy, you should do the harder tasks. Well, you kind of have to flip that for people with ADHD. But certainly from a lived experience and from the conversations with many, many people in the ADHD community um, around the world, you actually, you have to flip it with like you do with a lot of things. So you actually need to do all of the fun, all of the happy, all of the easy tasks first, because each time you do one, you get more dopamine and you get a bit more dopamine and you need to get those good ones ticked off so that you're building up enough dopamine to then deal with the big one or the hard one or the difficult one. So it's similar to what you're saying in that, you know, you might do one for one or whatever Mm. and kind of intersperse them. But it was really, it was a bit of a game changer for me when I heard this because I was like, it finally gave me permission to disregard all those other how to be successful and leadership thing because I've done a lot of leadership training and things and and, you know, really try to implement a lot of those strategies, but some with some really good success. But 
this one I was always like I really struggle to get to those ones I want to do all of these ones and then once I've done all of these ones I know I'm going to be able to then do those bigger ones but I always felt that was wrong but actually that's kind of how our brain works we need to build the dopamine it's feed the dopamine donkey we're going to feed the dopamine donkey so that it can then carry the load that it needs to for the bigger ones and it's finding that strategy that works for you so if that works for you brilliant run with it but you've got to try and test and not fail you found out a way that didn't work for you but you found something that did you got to just yep. keep keep going until you find the way that, that works for you and yeah. i think i guess like another thing might be like for the people who just can't get their laundry done for instance yeah hate doing my laundry but i like dancing Bloody put some music on and dance while you're doing the laundry and I guarantee mm-hmm. you'll get it done. Yeah. Don't like cleaning my bathroom but I love singing. Everyone knows bathrooms have the best acoustics. So they really do. And also get the, yourself a power drill. Sing at the top of your lungs and yep. do the bathroom and yep. find a thing that helps you do the task so that by the time you finish the task you don't actually realise you've done it because you've been doing something you yeah. enjoy doing. Well, and that's – I listen to podcasts as you know. Like I listen to podcasts all the time. Um, so that like, especially when I'm doing cleaning and stuff like that, and I will binge listen to several hours worth of podcasts to be able to, you know, do the bathroom. I hate the bathroom. Um, but also get a power drill for the bathroom. Just saying, because cleaning your shower with the cleaning attachments on the end of a power drill, freaking game changer. Just do it. It, Trust me. Um, Soft bristles. Well, they do cleaning attachments, which come with the soft bristles. bristles. Yeah. Yeah. But even the glass, you know, when the glass gets all smoky and skanky and horrible. And doesn't matter what you do. Uh, well, no, it does. It's scrub, 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 scrub with a microfiber cloth I often find is the best one. Um, but that takes so long unless you do it every week. I did it after I'd left it for a few months and just been cleaning, but not quite managing to get all that thing off on the bottom of the shower screen. And just like, oh, well, you know, that's the way shower screen is now. And then I tried that thing with the drill. Gone in about five minutes oh my god honestly amazing i cannot recommend it enough just makes sense right doesn't it yeah but then um but yeah it does a spinny spinny and a cleany cleany and a cleany cleany and puts a lot more pressure in a lot quicker than you do but yeah so um personally or just no no you as in the collective you i was like that's quite a um, rude yeah that's quite a rude statement sorry so yeah find your motivation and what's attached to that is think about what you're going to get from doing the um the thing whether it's a bigger motivation task around like applying for a job or a smaller motivation task like laundry and laundry can feel bigger than applying for a job sometimes so please don't think that we're minimizing some really not think about what you're going to gain but also think about what you're going to lose like you hate doing your laundry but your favorite shirt that you've not been able to wear for the last three weeks has been in there and you don't want it to smell of damp and you don't want it to be creased to fuck so you actually need to get your laundry done um to do it and I haven't ironed for years now. I buy stuff that doesn't need ironing mostly, but also I bought a steamer. So much easier, garment steamer than an iron. So much easier, I can't even tell you. That and if you take your washing out of like the machine finishes and you put them on coat hangers. Coat hangers. And you hang your shirts that go on coat hangers, like any work gear or anything that's meant to be hung up. 
pants, all that. If you hang them on coat hangers, yeah, so much easier. And we don't really put much in the dryer. We put towels and all those sorts of things, but not clothes. And so we have a retracting washing line. So nobody wants a washing line up in the garden all the time. So we have a retractable one, and we put it out, and then we can hang things on there on the coat hangers, like you say. Mm. But also, you have to when you take them out, you have to flap them really hard to get the creases Motorbike. out as much as possible. Motorbike um, to get the creases out as much as possible, and then hang them on the on the thing on the line. Anywho, um, but and also, also just fun fact too. Sorry, when you put them on coat hangers, it takes up less space. It does on the washing line, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you have to think about what my, what are your expectations around it. So, what are you expecting from yourself? Like when when we're saying about doing laundry, you've just heard Lockie and I say our personal expectations are that we've come up with a strategy whereby it's quicker and easier. And also, if you put them on coat hangers. It's quicker and easier to put them away. You don't have to fold them. You don't have to do all of those types of things. It's all on a coat hanger, on the line. You take them off the line, you hang them in your wardrobe. Game over. Like It's much easier. But what are your personal expectations on it? Are your expectations that simply that you will get them out of the washing machine into the tumble dryer, boom, the end, and then they'll go back into the basket, chuck them up in your bedroom, some people don't hang things. They just, like, I've seen, I mean, God, it gives me trauma. I, I can't even think about this. Uh, makes me want to vomit. But um, they don't even fold stuff. They just open their drawers and throw it all in like their kids' clothes. And they're like, it's kids' clothes. Who cares? That bothers me. However, if that's your personal expectations, that, that you're perfectly happy with that. That's okay. Just know what they are. My personal expectations are that I expect my clothes to look uncreased and you know i hate that damp smell that they get so i like to hang my clothes outside to dry so we have the you know different expectations so know what your expectations are know what you're going to lose if you don't actually get the goal because in change and and this is something i've, I've worked a lot with over the years but the you know things people change things change change comes when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of what you're changing. So if you um, are, I don't know, in a relationship, for example, and you want to leave, and you know, you might, you might be like, okay, cool. Well, I leaving is painful. But then uh, over time, you might get to the point of actually staying now is more painful than leaving. You change. Same with a job. You know, it's exactly the same thing. You might want to leave a job. And so you're like, you know what, coming into work, I dread getting out of bed every day i don't want to come into work i'm having constant feelings of rejection sensitivity at work i feel like nothing I ever do is good enough i feel like i'm just just drowning in the mediocrity of this current job i'm in then you know you need to get another job that's when you finally go no it's time it's out. i've got to get out of here well then you have to apply for that other job and once the pain of shitty day after shitty day after shitty day at work is becomes so great that you're like I've just got to do whatever it takes to get out of here you know understand your motivation you'll apply for that job well for some of the things that you can and this works whether you're a singular person or not but find um, a way to give yourself permissions to delegate a task mm -hmm. so you know or outsource yeah make you make use of your family members if you have them or you know going like for you going to the mall gives you sensory overload you put your podcast in you can focus you get in get out yeah but if you don't have your headphones it's um, oh i went the other day it, and i did have my earbuds it was dreadful but for some people who even that that sensory of just being around too many people mm -hmm. do online shopping yep 
do online shopping or yep. order those prepackaged food thingies, whatever they are, you foods or whatever. Yep. I don't know what they are, but order those things because that still gets the task done and yeah. that still works. And acknowledging that, you know, a lot of those things, they have a cost involved. So there is privilege in some of these solutions. So um, we always try to acknowledge that. Um, and, you know, Shana, for example, she's one. She she does her shopping online because, and she tried the other day, I saw one of her TikToks the other day where she was like, you know, I'm going shopping, sod it, I'm just going to do it. Um, and was and then afterwards she was I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. This was That was the worst idea. For me, I really want to get a cleaner, but... You know, like my mum was a cleaner when I was growing up and it feels like a really indulgent thing to do. But I also know that we have two cats and a dog and a small child and we work a lot. We have a lot of other things going on, but I also really don't like a messy house. Like I don't like things not being clean and tidy. And so... That's you where know, Samuel Vaxon came Samuel in. Samuel L. Vaxon. Yeah, that's why we got the Robovax, Samuel L. Vaxon. Um, Which you didn't appreciate in the beginning. No, but we stopped using him actually. Side quest. Can we just do a side quest on this? We never bloody put Samuel on anymore and it's been annoying me. We do we put him We need to do on. him on more often. He needs to go on twice a week at least, minimum. Get rid of there. Anyway, sorry, side quest, bring us back. Um, but yeah, so think about that. You have to understand your motivation, your real reasons, not your shoulds. I should do this because if you're saying you should do it, don't do it. It's not going to, you're, you're not going to do it. You know, like if you're, if you, but if you can reframe that and say, well, no, it's not that I should, like I should do it because of this, but actually, I actually want to do this. I want this thing. I really, really want it. Understand why you want it, what you're going to get out of it and what you're going to lose if you don't do it. And that will help with that broader motivation. And then, like for myself, I refuse to be small. I, I refuse to, all my life, I think the thing that has got me through, and, you know, I've come from, um, as I've said before, single parent, council house in the UK, you know, like very, um, very much... Uh, expected to have a life of a certain type you know but my mum refused to accept that and you know I really got that as well from her you know I refuse to be small I refuse to accept limitations that other people put on me and I do you know you have to you have to have people around you that you can learn that from um and I just for me, a big motivator, my core values are about, I want to make a difference in the world. You know, it doesn't have to be to the broader world. Like it's not really for everybody, but for me, they're my big motivators. I can't, I feel like I have a voice. I have position. I have opportunity to do stuff. Even if it's this podcast of helping people to, um, navigate their own journey you know, like, but I've, I've worked with not-for-profits and, you know, I was a police officer for a while and like, and this has all been, worked in the community sector, in the homelessness sector and with the refugees and things. And it was all about wanting to make a difference in a time when people are having just a shitty period in their life and being able to try and help in some way. Um, and there was a quote I used to, well, a couple of quotes I really, really liked. Um, I used to have them probably on my MySpace or something, but I want the world to be better because I was in it. That was one, you know, and I think that to me just be so simple, but it, it's so easy to, de you know, delegate or, you know, abrogate any responsibility for how you leave the world. And I think it's something I just like to think about. And the other one was, um, and this one did come real for me at one well, at one point, but um, if just one person says, because of you, I didn't give up, that's enough. 
And one of my Zumba um, students really encapsulated this for me. She um, she did this whole Facebook thing and, you know, sent me an email on it. And it was all about where she uh, was uh, transgender from. Um, so she she had learned herself and, and finally kind of struggled with the journey that she was making to being her authentic self as a woman. And I saw her in Henley Square you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, I had, used to have a Zumba sign in my car and, and she, uh, she, kind of, she was like, Oh, Zumba, you know, I'd love to give that a try. And I was like, awesome. Brilliant. We'd love to have you join us. And, um, she told me a year or so later that just that she had not experienced that level of, um, welcome. And that when she turned up, like I'd be like, oh, you're here every week, you know, she'd come along again. And she had a lot of challenges happening in her life, like a lot, um, with regards to, um, some other issues at home and around substance abuse, all sorts of things. And she, you know, she very openly shared those with me. She, she shared, as I say, a year or so later that, She'd never experienced that level of welcome and acceptance. That was the word she said. And I was just like, for me, it was just along that, um, I do have a bit of a life motto of just don't be a dick. And it was that life motto. It was like, you know what? Like what? Uh, Just be a decent human. Like I'm, you're, you're, you're a human. I'm a human. And I love that you're here and we're sharing this human experience together. And so they're my big motivators. I guess it's that thing you have to learn and find out what strategies work for you but to find out how to continually motivate yourself mm. and not motivate yourself. Motivate. Oh, my God. You and your jerds. So I, I'm going to give you that one. I will give you that one. But I also got a message today from somebody who I'm really – we're over an hour already and I, I, I was really strict on the fact that we'll we cannot go as long fact. on this. But – Somebody who we're going to have to come to their message and I they did give me permission, but I'll come to his message next week. We'll look at his. It's all about relationships. On next episode. So we're going to do all about relationships on the next, yeah, next episode, sorry. But he did say, I'm just going to find his message here again um, for this one particular bit about his uh, fiance who has been got her psychiatric assessment for ADHD um, Thursday this week and psychiatrist immediately identified ADHD without even having to finish the list of the normal assessment questions. He was also shocked she hadn't been diagnosed. Winnie. <laughs> Briar. Um, but anyway, so, and then he put like a little, um, you know, laughing tongue out kind of emoji at me. Um, and so... You can have no debate. That's fine. You can have that one, whatever. Just taking the world by storm. Yeah. Um, But we will come back to the rest of that message from that listener next week when we look at relationships. Next next episode. No, I keep saying next week, don't I? But look, final thing from me on the motivation, and this is much more the task thing. Oh, no, it's probably both. I've really struggled to get the motivation to do the podcast this week, like really struggled. And today I was like, it's literally our last chance. It's Sunday night for me to be able to edit it and get everything done. Get a few pre-listens in. Yeah. And trying to get any kind of social media up and running. Like we've left it too late for me to be able to do social media and stuff for it now. Oh, it'll get done. Yeah. But it won't be without a bunch of other, you know, tents trying to juggle life, Mm. work. And it's because, and all things. yeah, but it's because I'm like, I'm tired and I've been sick and, you know, like I, I'd hurt my back and, and a few other things this week. And, and so I was just like, 
and now I know that we're up against it and I was struggling to get the motivation because like, I know how hard this is going to be now. And I started in my head going, you know, I'll put some social media out and say, sorry, everyone. And, and then I was like, but no, the reason I can't do that is because the world needs us. No, it's not. It's but about building the podcast and, you know, being really open. It's really important to me. Like this podcast means a lot to me. It's the chance for me to have a creative outlook or output that I've denied myself for the re- for for my life prior to this i've denied myself the creative like outputs that i i love being creative and i love you know sharing our experience and so i you know like i i was like but consistency the only way to grow the podcast the only way for people is so that they can trust that every fortnight I mean, we were lucky we kept people. We lost people when we went to fortnightly instead of weekly. But so that now they can trust that every fortnight we're where we said we're going to be. And that's important. It is It is the consistency thing. So I'll just throw this last fun fact out. And that is I have been asked a few times last week is, is the next episode coming out next week? So there are people who are our avid listeners, not Sharona. <laughs> <coughs> And they they do look forward to it and they do have the expectation that comes out. Yeah. And so that, you know, puts the onus on us to make sure that we don't motivate and we do motivate and get it done. Yeah. And, and, you G-I-D, know. G-I-D, get it G-I-D done. G-I-D and, and get, get it, it done. done. Um, but, yeah, so, like, you know, staying on track, positive self-talk really helps. Getting the progress, obviously, you get the dopamine from it. It's really good for your self-esteem, you know, so that will help you stay motivated as well. It's another reason why I like post-its because you see those post-its disappear, you know, that you're getting through your stuff, you know. And if you lose motivation, just have a look at why you're doing things. Review the goals, review the tasks, and if they're not the right ones, say goodbye to them. That's what I was going to say. Don't be in a hurry to figure this out straight away. You might need to take a week or two to sit there and go, okay, I just done a whole bunch of tasks. What was I doing? What was the scenario that made them work? Yep. And then marry them up with the things of why you're struggling to do a thing. Yeah. And why am I struggling? Like what can I carry over to change the don'ts to yeses? Yep. The motivations. The motivations to, to motivations. Yeah. And it could yeah. just be, it could be music, it could be anything like that. It could yeah. be that you get tasks done because you're you're having a coffee, you know. Go do your shopping in the morning as opposed to later in the afternoon when there's heaps of people there. Find the things that work for you yeah. and just GID. And the final thing I will say, which is very ADHD specific around tasks, is body doubling. So um, people might have heard of this. We've talked about it before, but it's where you work on tasks alongside somebody else and. You know, you can just be in the same space almost, or I've seen a lot of people do it online. Like you'll literally get somebody go live on TikTok cleaning their house and other people join them on their live and they just clean the house with them. And that's body doubling. It's a really, really smart um, neurodivergence kind of tool for getting tasks done. So going to the gym, perfect example. Like I got myself a gym buddy. Because, again, it's a form of body doubling. It's motivation. You're you're accountable because they're there. But also, two of you, even if you're there, you're at one desk and I'm at another desk and we're both doing our finances at the same time. Because finances suck to have to do those sorts of things, you know. Or if we're both doing our laundry and we might be on FaceTime or, you know, on phone, like on headphones or whatever, going, right, okay, yeah, no, just, you know, chatting away. Yeah, I'm doing my laundry. Yeah, no, I'm just taking out and putting the tumble dryer. You know, like all these sorts of things, they really work when you're doing it with somebody. So that's another thing I'd say. Really good um, tool for for people with ADHD. 
or other neurodivergence. Um, but yeah, you really do have to find what you what works for you. And if it's not what traditional how to things tell you, that's okay. That's okay too. All right, it's a good yeah. place to finish. I reckon. Good place to close up. Yeah, a couple of um, recommendations for this week. So there is a TikToker that I have found that I absolutely love um, called My Favourite Joe. You, you can't miss her. She has short hair that she always has rainbow colours in. But what she does is she flips the narrative. So she calls neurodivergent people normal. And she deliberately uses these terms. Um, and the neurotypical people have neurotypical disorder. And so she really flips the narrative. It's really funny. Like I listen to it and it's like, look, sometimes did you know, like, you know, people with neurotypical disorder, they're not very good at understanding, you know, or reading emotion during a conversation. Do you know they actually will have a conversation and just stay on one topic and they don't realise how boring that is for the rest of us normal people listening to them uh, when they're not going off on side quests that are really interesting and relevant to the story. But anyway, I'm not doing it justice. Not just from funny, but actually, um, if you are neurotypical, it's a really good check. You can have a little look at those, maybe check some of your internal biases but in a really gentle, funny way. Boom. Yeah. Any recommendations from yourself? No. No? Okay. Well, um, I think then we are going to call it a day there. Thank you all so much for listening to us, coming back and joining us again. Hopefully, uh, you know, you do understand just how much we appreciate every single one of you and every single one of you counts. Send us through your motivations or send us through things that you've caught up in your motivations and we'll see if we can't cross some tricks and tips across because Love that's important that. Yeah, um, that we share each other's uh, ideas and ways of getting things done. Please send through the do you stand on the grill or do you not stand on the grill. <laughs> For the urinal. Um, yeah, and, or urinal. Yeah. And, hey, if you've had any other like random dodgy splashback bathroom stories, share them too because yeah, they're, they're funny. Yeah. Oh, it's fthemfish underscore ADHD for grownups on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Or fthemfish at gmail.com for those who still send emails. Yeah, which are actually, I'm going to lie, they're the easiest ones for me to find. <laughs> I do I do love the the voice messages that oh, come through. Memories, those are, yeah. those are takes, me back to that, takes me back to that first girl who sounded so nervous when she sent it, but it was yeah. just... It was the heartstrings, like yeah. it just felt it and just gave you the good vibes. Absolutely. So We've been sharing octopus she's, uh, she's amazing this week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, we really do appreciate you. We hope that you continue to still get something from this. Please, as I say, we do want to build up the podcast. So please do like and share every single time somebody downloads the podcast. It lifts us up a little bit higher in the charts. So, you know, we might go from... 10,800 or something. I've, no, I've not even looked at what I've never looked at what our position is in the um, charts. Um, there are millions of podcasts out there. At any one time, there's only about um, a couple hundred thousand, I think, that are actually active. It's quite um, quite a lot fewer. We're, you know, so every single time this podcast, podcast, huh, hey. podcast is downloaded, it lifts us up a little bit higher in those charts and means that when other people are then searching for a podcast, Ours will get recommended to them. You raise us up. 
I was trying to think of a line. Sorry, so I couldn't come up with it. we can climb the podcast charts. Nailed it. Well done. You yep. raise us up. And on that note, I think we are going to leave you. Please uh, come and join us again in two weeks' time. And uh, we will share more questions from our listeners. Tell your mum, tell your nan. Peace out, Brussels sprouts. Love you. Bye. Check, check to the sound, check. Check, check. Check. Chicky bow wow, chicky bow wow, chicky bow wow. Well, this is story all about how I gave my mic check right about now. How I'm now, gonna take a minute to sit right how? there while I check my microphone as I sit in my chair. All right. Can we do this? Go for gold. Oh shit, that just closed. Don't close on me.